0: terms of Leonard Cohen lyrics Um, but he said uh, he said uh, I greet you from the other side of sorrow and despair with a love so vast and shattered it will reach you everywhere and uh one of the things that we're learning to trust in this practice is that there are, there are kinds of pain and grieving and letting go that actually softens rather than hardens the heart. And uh, it takes some time to trust that, you know, because pain at some level just feels like pain. But um, I do have a lot of confidence that what what we're doing actually expands the capacity of the heart. So what I remember when I was your age is that um, adults kind of, they thought they understood me, but they didn't. And my experience was one of like, of adults always trying to get me to care about what they cared about, rather than like fully honor and help me discover what I cared about. So there's a line from, uh, from a graduation speech a couple years ago at uh, Stanford. Uh, Buddhist teacher Norman Fisher said, uh, let's be honest. We older people don't really know what the world will require in the coming times. And we're a bit bewildered and unsure, though we hate to admit it. To grow old is to gradually cease to understand the times in which you live. So we are placing our trust and hope in you. No pressure, of course. But the promise of the future really is yours. Yeah. Sorry, could you repeat really, that one about to grow old? You really have to make me repeat To grow old, it doesn't make me sound good. To grow old is to gradually cease to understand the times in which you live. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to hear any snapping. (laughs) Ah! Now, uh, I, I can say, honestly, um, we're, we're, really not, we're really not here to try to convince you to be like us or care about what we care about. That's, that's not why the staff is here. Uh, we're, we're really here to help you discover what you care about and discover what is uh, close to your own heart. Because it is possible to find yourself living a life and waking up and sort of realizing that you're living someone else's dream. You're living values that don't feel like yours. And so part of what we're doing here is we're getting really quiet and still so that we can listen to our own hearts more clearly. And this is an inside job, you know. It's it's uh, We're each tracing out our own path. It's not like there's some Buddhist path and then we just have to find out where that is and start walking it. It's actually that uh, our our own path of, of of discovery that that is the path, and that is that takes improvisation, that takes our imagination, that takes our sincerity, our honesty. So to do this, we actually have to we have to listen to ourselves. At at a holiday gathering I was um I was with some people that I, I really care for, but we like kind of only talk uh we only like have small talk. You know you know those relationships where it's like wall to wall small talk, kind of? And uh I just I kind of was like, you know what, I'm gonna try talking about something that uh really matters to me and see see if we can connect, see if, if they can hear me. And uh, I tried and uh, it went badly. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I started talking about some of this stuff and uh, some of some things that are close to my heart and it was like kind of floating a test balloon to see whether like we could connect, and uh, it was just like uh, playing handball against curtains. <laughs> you, you, you know that uh, that's an image from somewhere. I was just like, "Oh, man, you know, like I just I wanted to be heard, right? But then you know those situations where... Maybe something's bothering you. So maybe something really big is going on inside you. And then you go to somebody and they just like, they just listen. And they maybe they don't even say much. They don't give some wisdom. They don't tell you any advice. They don't like try to change anything, but they like really listen. And you can actually feel that they're receiving your words in an open heart, and you can feel that they're not like judging you, or 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 like uh, they they don't even know what's what's best. They're just like they're just like really open and receiving you, and your whole being you kind of relax, and uh, you just uh, there's a certain kind of safety in that. And even though, like, in some sense, nothing might have happened, the situation's still what it is, but you feel a lot better, right? And in mindfulness practice, we listen to ourselves in that same way that, like, a dear friend listens to us. And... In that listening, uh, it seems like nothing much is going on, but so much is changing, and we're feeling that together. Now, to listen in this way is to really listen in a non, non-judgmental way. If we're if we're like, if we're always all tripped out on what we should be experiencing, we actually—it's hard to see what we are experiencing. It's hard to see what's here, like the question Don asked, like, what's happening now? And so. Uh, as Aaron was pointing to last night uh, what we what we see is that uh, it's intense being human you know? <laughs> right It's like even when things are going well, it's intense right mm-hmm. and as I reflect back um, you know, when when I was was your age in high school or beginning college, um, I I just I, I just remember being like uh, kind of curious, like like is it this intense for everyone? Like is everyone? You know how when you look around the meditation hall and like people are just like. That one person's just like so still all the time, and you're like, is it intense for them, you know? And for me, I was just like, am I am I doing it wrong that it's like this, right? Is there like another way to actually do this? And um, but nobody nobody like tells us that like like that should be like kindergarten, like the main (laughs) curriculum, you know, like, you know, and uh, yeah, like, my, uh, my, my friend and I, we were uh, uh, president and vice president of our high school, which is funny in itself, actually. We, uh, we pretty much broke all of our campaign promises <laughs> um, um, doesn't, everyone doesn't everyone? Yeah. So that's not the point of this story. The point of this story is the like the one thing we were supposed to do is we would get on the PA system at the in the beginning of the day and it would like broadcast to all the whole school, all the classrooms and everything. And our job was to read the Pledge of Allegiance, right? (laughs) 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 Aaron's finding that very funny. (laughs) Now, what I wanted to say, (laughs) instead of, I pledge allegiance to the flag, right, that whole thing, I wanted to be like, um, this is your Vice President, Matthew Bredsilver, And it's kind of fucked up being human. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's going to happen today. It may be awesome. It may be terrible. But it's just, that's kind of the deal. Like, that's what our, like, opening morning announcements should be, right? But, uh (laughs) Yeah, the principal was not not down with that, really. Um, so um, I, I just, I remember being like like kind of intimidated by so many things and so many concerns and so much sort of sense of like, how am I being seen by others? And I just felt like so, like I was like constantly kind of like, Um, uh, it it felt like I was in, I was like the lead in a school play, right? But that was my life. And you know how like actors or actresses, they get nervous before a performance, Mm -hmm. right? and so if we feel like we're always performing something if we're always trying to prove something to others to ourselves we get nervous it's tiring it's tiring to be kind of assessing like how how am i doing how's this going who's who have i who have i convinced and who thinks i'm a bad actor who can see through some of this act you know And so, um, so I was kind of, yeah, it was, it was, um, I I felt very kind of alone in that uh, because everyone else is, everyone else is like, even, even in some ways close friends, like everyone's sort of like pretending like it's not a big deal to be human, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's such a big deal, you know. (laughs) And um, and so like in the middle of this intensity, I would really, what I would, my, the main thing I would try to do is I would like try to just think my way out of the intensity, you know? I would just try to like plan and just think things to death. Like I would just think until maybe it felt safer, like maybe it felt okay. Maybe I felt less exposed in some way. But, um, you know, what I, what I really needed to learn or to be told um, is that uh, it, it's possible to let go. That letting go is something we can do, and we can cultivate. And that holding on is a kind of... It's kind of a doomed. It's not your fault that you can't hold on. It's not your fault you can't hold on. And so here we come into the silence and the stillness and we actually start to get a sense of like this really important insight. Again, Aaron, Aaron pointed to this uh, uh, powerfully last night. And the insight is that um, it's simple, but uh, it's important. It's like clinging hurts. It, it hurts to try to hold on to be in control, to tie up every loose end of being human. And this is confusing because um, the truth is that sometimes clinging kind of works. You know? We can influence a lot, right? It's like an, we get an itch on our face, we can scratch it, and then there it is, right? So that gives the illusion that we actually control the tides of pleasure and pain, that we can hold on, that we can choose whether to have pleasant or unpleasant But while we influence so much, we ultimately control and own nothing. So sometimes it's uh, not so hard to let go. Sometimes maybe we just take one deep breath and it's like, okay better but sometimes it's a whole process and sometimes it doesn't feel like something we can do all at once sometimes we have to like prepare the garden you know like flowers can't just grow we actually have to prepare the garden and the same thing with letting go we have to prepare the heart to let go One person put it like this. It's like, we've been holding on for so long and the fist is clenched this way, yeah? And it's gone numb. You hold on for so long, eventually the fist goes numb. And then the process of beginning to open the clenched fist it actually hurts more than when it was numb. And there's a name for that process, for the process of letting go. And usually it's something like uh, grief. We actually experience the grief of letting go the the pain of that clenched fist being open and moving through that intermediate phase of the pain until it's again open that's something that we we have to feel and so To let go is really to to feel what we feel, even when we don't have what we want. This is Martin Luther King. There's a reason, I think, that Jesus says, love your enemies. It is this. Uh, Love has within it a redemptive power, and there's a power there that eventually transforms individuals. Just keep being friendly to that person, just keep loving them, and they can't stand it too long. Oh, they react in many ways in the beginning. They react with guilt feelings, and sometimes they'll hate you a little more at that transition period. But just keep loving them. And by the power of your love, they will break down under the load. That's love, you see. Uh, it's redemptive. And this is why Jesus says love. No. He's talking about doing that for people outside of us, right? But uh, we're also doing it for the parts of inside of us. And so, uh, in, this, in this path of letting go, in this path of allowing, path of, uh, of unclenching that fist, um, something in the heart is softened. It, it, it often hurts like hell, but the heart is actually not harmed in the process. Things can hurt, but it doesn't mean we're actually being harmed. And much of what we're doing here um, is experiencing our lives fully, and sometimes that will hurt. But uh, I promise it won't harm your heart. Now, uh, this this uh, letting go can become a, really a theme for our whole life. You know that line um, there's a I think it's from a, I think it's from an R&B song from the 70s actually the thin thin line there's a thin line between love and hate right? <laughs> yeah. Um and I, I like that, but uh, but I think what it really is is there's a thin line between clinging and hate yeah. It's not actually the love. You know, somebody in our uh, small group said uh, they were talking about... Um, They were talking about love, and the way they talked about it is that, that, like being in love with somebody was like a generosity of heart, a giving. I was touched by that description. And uh, Often what happens in our relationships is the clinging becomes entangled with the love. The clinging becomes entangled with the love, right? The controlling gets mixed up with the generosity the controlling, the holding, the possessiveness gets mixed up with the the letting go, the giving, the connection. And ordinarily, what we love, we think we should hold that tightest. What we love, we think we should hold tightest. But it's possible to love and let go at the same time. It's possible to love people without holding on. There's a line from a, a psychiatrist who said, uh, Love is the revelation. Of the other person's freedom, love is the revelation of the other person's freedom. You know that tendency, right? To hold on, like to try to make somebody in our own image or to control them in some way, control who they are or what they like. Or, but uh, maybe maybe the deepest kind of love, like honors their freedom. It lets go. We can open our hearts to others without getting stuck in their pain. You know, often it's like um, yeah, the compassion gets kind of um, sticky. So it feels like if we open our heart to somebody else's pain, we somehow their pain's going to get stuck in us. Um, I don't know who said it, but uh, they said uh, we can actually practice having a front door to the heart and a back door too. You know. And I think often what, what happens is, um, and, and this is like, uh, this is a very, I really, it's hard, I think, especially for, for people your age. Because uh, a lot of times when you're seeing people suffering, when you're seeing loved ones suffering, when you're seeing family suffering, in some way your own sense of safety and welfare is kind of tied up to them right and so to see them like it, it can rock our world in a way because uh, their suffering feels like a threat to us right like don't we all want to see the people who you know the people who cared for us or our parents like don't we want to see them kind of as like uh, capable or you know perfect like I, I still have the fantasy like, like yeah that might like oh it would be better if my parents never suffered you know right. but um, they do and so we have to actually find a way of relating to pain like that where we, we can actually let go. We can let it in and we can let go. Now, part of this is like we do a certain kind of clearing of our own heart. Because what I've found is the pain that sticks to us is what's somehow like resonating with our own pain, you know. Like certain kinds of pain are easier to let go, to just feel. But certain things, like they hit off the soft spots inside our own heart. And then they stay. And it takes some time. And it takes time as we clear out our own, the pain in our own heart. It's like one person said, like the mesh of our being becomes more and more wide. And so things actually, we're vulnerable, we're porous to the world. They Things can come in, but they can go too. We can love ourselves without clinging. We can love ourselves without clinging to... Ideas about who we are. You know those uh, those debates we get into? About like, I'm good, I'm not. You know, I'm worthy, I'm not. I'm loved, I'm not. Yeah? And like, at some level I feel like even getting engaged in the debate means we've lost. <laughs> right? Like if we if we get engaged in that debate, if we just keep getting engaged in that debate, we're always like I don't we're always looking for like the pros and the cons of Matthew, you know? And I'm like as soon as I see some pro I kind of like check out like the counterexamples, right? And then there's this like inner kind of debate and struggle, and like which is right? How do I know? Like I I know what the kindness says, but uh, but this seems very real too. And sometimes then it's like this internal little skirmish inside our own mind and heart. And so, um, it's a beautiful thing to love yourself. I want the I'm good side to win. But the deepest kind of self-love is, uh, is not, to use Aaron's word, not fixating a sense of who we are. Put differently, it's like not taking ourselves as an object, as a thing, too seriously. So when the uh, when the astronauts um, when the astronauts walked on the moon, they put they put. Uh, an American flag down, right, yeah. which uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of lame, <laughs> you know, like, uh, what they really should have put down is, like, a flag with the moon on it, <laughs> right? But uh, they put down an American flag, fair enough, right? Um And uh, I, I use that example because we uh, we put down flags too, right? And on that flag uh, is two letters, M <laughs> E right? We, uh, we put those flags down in different places, like our skills, right? our body, our tastes. We say, like, that's who I am. That's me. That's what makes me valuable. But, um, You know, it's a little bit like the image I have is like, we're like a puzzle piece and we're like trying to fit it into a spot in the puzzle, but it like never totally fits. Like we never totally feel at home in those identities. Like we're, we're looking for a refuge, right? We're looking for a refuge and we try to take up refuge in being this or that in being this taste or I look like this or I'm I have these skills or something. And it's like it's like we're trying to make ourselves actually feel safe. But any time we plant a flag, we have to guard it. Right. And so there's a kind of anxiety in that. there's an anxiety in it and it means that anyone can potentially be an ego challenge right and that puts us on edge that makes it kind of kind of hard to really relax now part of what's beautiful about retreats is that some of that actually does relax. We stop taking ourselves quite so seriously. We stop, like, uh, manicuring our sense of self so much. But we uh, we can keep going with this. We can keep letting go. And the truth is that uh, nobody gets to grow up and be the person they thought they would be. There's always, always a little alienation in trying to be something. It never quite feels like home. But we can let go. We can let go. We can actually step out of the whole debate of the pros and cons of me and rest. And when we do that, life starts to feel very, very open. We have nothing to hide, and nothing to perform, and nothing to fail at or win, even. And this doesn't, like, sap all of our motivation or aspirations. We still may live you know big lives but our sense of well-being does is not tied to who we think we are and this uh this leads us to feel uh Finally, complete. And when our heart feels complete, All you care about is others. Let's just sit for a moment. Please pick up whatever feels useful and leave all the other words behind.